Many doubted we'd ever see it. But here it is. The return to glory. Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast on Masters Sunday. Tiger is back, baby. Tiger's back for the first time in 11 years. We can say that he has officially won a major tr- major tournament. And yeah. welcome to the Dorm Room Dipu- Dispute Podcast. I'm Mitchell Kaminsky. And I'm Marshall Macaluso. And here you, we'll give you this week's rundown of the top leagues, who's hot, who's not, and our hot topics of the week. Let's get right into it. Well, well, Marshall was up in Wisconsin, freezing, and for some reason it's snowing right now. Yeah, having good can't wholesome. Really tell you yes. about that one. Having good wholesome fun with our fraternity buddies. <laughs> um, the rest of us were watching the Masters this weekend, and for the first time in eleven years, Tiger won. Tiger Woods has won a major. Many thought he would never do it, and I don't care if you don't like golf or you hate Tiger Woods. This was great for sports. And it is great for the sport of golf, too. It's true. All right. No one wants to see Brooks Kepko winning another yeah, who's that guy? That's not driving the ratings. If you're a golf fan, Tiger moves the needle. People love That's him true. or hate him. People are tuning in to talk about Tiger Woods. We tweeted about Tiger Woods. Most likes and retweets we've had on any tweet yeah. was about Tiger Woods winning the Masters. More than the Super Bowl. People, Tiger is a polarizing figure. Love him or hate him. He moves the needle. He is great for sports. And I know there's a lot of these old curmudgeons out there. Like my dad, for example, cannot stand this man. Tiger Woods, I can't stand this guy. But you you have to give him the fact this is probably one of the greatest comeback stories in the history of sports. He went from having back problems. He had a DUI. He was an all-time low Everyone had written him off. Most people that like say like Colin Cowherd, for example, said I consider him a former golfer. People like Shannon yeah. Sharp. He's never gonna win another major again. Writer in Golf Magazine. He's done. The fact that he came out today and he's notorious. He, he wearing that uh, the red, the red, the signature look to come from behind from two strokes today. It was a fabulous performance. So you you gotta overlook these people that are holding him back on his like past. You gotta overlook that. Yeah. No one's perfect. All right. I golf. When I walk off the 18th hole, I don't have a platoon of Scandinavian woman wanting to come have sex with me. <laughs> I don't know temptation at that level. You cannot judge that man. <laughs> yes, he cheated on his wife. He shouldn't have done that. That's bad. But, I mean, the people that are on their whole high horse, like, oh, uh, rabble, rabble, this is terrible. I can't believe you would do such a thing. Yeah. You don't walk off a golf course and have these platoon of whores coming at you. Jeez. Okay? And to be fair, even, I mean, I understand that, like, the, the infidelity scandal is, like, not great, but, like, it could be a lot worse. Like, he didn't yeah, murder anyone. Yeah, he didn't murder anyone. <coughs> Ray, Ray, Ray Lewis. He didn't uh, hit anyone. Well, actually. Yeah. There could have been. I well, mean, there was no, like, I mean, clear-cut sexual assault, which there are a lot of athletes who have those in their past that we just kind of don't talk about. <laughs> Tyreek Hill. Anyways. I mean, my mind you, at this point in time, I'm probably coming off like a sovinistic jackass right now. But. What yeah, else is new? Yeah, exactly. Bottom line is, <laughs> he shouldn't have done it, but you got to overlook those things. This is great for the sport of golf. Yeah. It was a fantastic comeback story, and congratulations, Tiger. Yeah. That moment with he had with his right afterwards with his family, and you credit to Jim Nance too, because most announcers they like to hear themselves talk. This is why we have a podcast. I like to listen to myself talk. Yeah, even we if have you big guys egos. don't like hearing yes. uh, Mitch talk, most people like hearing themselves talk. Jim Nance did a fantastic job on the call. He's like, return to glory. Got out of the way for like three minutes. 
didn't say anything and just let the moment speak for itself. And that was great broadcasting by Jim Nance. Fantastic. Even greater moment for the Masters. And to go to go back to your point, when because uh, everyone was like tweeting about it, like oh whatever. Stephen A. Smith, he like tweeted like can't believe it. Uh, did it, whatever, congratulations. But he said, didn't say, he didn't even say Tiger's officially back. He said golf is officially back. Because, like, you're right. Like, if, if some, I don't even know, the other guy who kept hitting it in the, in the, in the drink. The guy who got in, was Jordan the first. Jordan Spieth? Yeah. Was it a couple of years ago or like this year? Th- this year, this year. Um, I forget his name. Because, oh, oh I, first of all, <laughs> I forgot his name because I don't really care about golf. Molinari. Yeah, that guy. Francesca, he was the leader who was yeah. leading the day. But we would not be talking yeah, about like, the Masters to lead the show. Like, Francesco literally, Molinari. we would have, like, a hot. It would be, like, our hot. We'd be like, oh, this guy on the Masters. Congrats, I guess. I don't care about golf, and it's boring. Yeah, yeah. And it's true. I mean, like, whether you love or hate golf, like me, because, like, I, I, you can pay me to watch a golf tournament. Like, this is... It, as for as for what would call the Coachella for dads, the Masters is a big deal, and seeing someone notable win it for a once in a while was pretty cool. Right, and even if it was like Jordan Speed, it was a notable name. We're not talking about it this yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. It was like great. Like you, that, it just goes to show, and it's like a cliche thing. Like you, you can't give up on these things. Yeah. Because people were writing him off. It was it, it was the ultimate <coughs> comeback story for sports. It was fantastic. It was actually it was pretty cool. There was a video of him. Watching a, a video of like a all compilation, yeah, all those critics. That was pretty cool. And yet we digress. It's been a while. Uh, the podcast schedule didn't really allow for this to go right away. But for those of you who are still remembered, uh, last Monday was the NCAA championship. And we'll just break down a little bit of the final four. We got some ins- the inside scoop. Mitch is the inside scoop on the uh, the uh, f- one of the final four games. First one of being Texas Tech versus Michigan State. Well, yeah, interesting uh, thing there. Texas Tech handled their business against Michigan State, who I had to pick pick beforehand of winning the tournament. Yeah. And obviously, Michigan State, uh, they ended uh, Bradley's season. So this is yeah. the second year in a row Bradley's season has been ended by a team that went to the Final Four last year, Loyola of Chicago. Yep. And then this year, uh, Michigan State, obviously. But while we were at a T-Pain concert, yeah. I looked left and oh, I see I don't this know, man. T-Pain, there was also um, oh, Andy, Andy Grammer and yes. Jesse McCartney, for those of you who haven't forgotten who he is. I had know. no idea who he was heading into it. I yeah, like, I who is either. this baby-faced man that plays well, He wasn't really baby-faced anymore. He's 35 and washed and everything He's like, like that. He, it was just a, it was, yeah yeah he, though he, Andy Grammer was pretty good Andy Grammer out of the three he put on the best show yeah. out of all of them which I was surprised because to be completely honest like until I was listening to songs like oh this is what he's saying I never yeah, heard like got to keep your head up oh, oh. Yeah. like he sings that song and everyone's probably like oh yeah I remember that song mind you I'm very uncultured it's true but like he had a lot more songs that I knew but like I didn't know who Andy Grammer was either heading into that thing. T-Pain was the only name out of T-Pain. the three. T-Pain! I was, was like, good. I know who that guy Besides is. Besides T-Pain being very drunk. He was and late. Good. Yeah, he was in like an hour late. Yes. But, uh, we And he made a joke <laughs> about sucking dicks. Yes. That's and that is not, that is not, not like, not appreciate. this is not me being this a is not a dormer. Like, he, he actually told did us. This. Yes, it was very odd. He this said, is, if you want to be great, hey, should we repeat the quote? No, we'll just, we'll keep, we'll leave it at that. We, well, we, can't get, leave all we, gotta, we can't leave him hanging like that. I'll tell you what T-Pain said. Oh We're talking about inspiration. He said, if you want to be great at the xylophone, be great at the xylophone. If you yeah. want to be great at sucking dick, then damn it, be great at sucking dick. Yep, that so, is not that is not an exaggeration. Quote. And then he walked off stage. But, Final Four. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We watched we watch the Texas Tag Michigan State. So, yes, game I looked to my. Yeah, T Pain. Here's the bag. T Pain's late. We're standing there waiting. My feet are killing me. I just played a doubleheader of baseball that day. And before. I just had a soccer tournament. Yes. Athletes. 
I look to my right, I see this towering man next to me, and it was none other than Luke Manlundy, who was on the senior on the uh, Bradley basketball team this year, yeah. which had a phenomenal run to win the Missouri good, Valley good Conference player. champions. Yeah. Honestly, he saved their season, too, that 11-point run. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Missouri Valley Championship game. Anyway, he sees me watching Texas Tech game. He's like, oh, I want to watch it. Like, Can I watch it with you? I want to see the score. So we're watching the game together, and we get to talking, and he's saying Cassius Winston, who's one of the best point guards yeah, in the you, country. Yeah, we're talking about... He's like, said, yeah. yeah, he's like, oh, I'm like, oh, yeah, he, how was he when you guys played him or whatever? He's like, ah, oh, he's slow as hell. You see that thing on his knee there? He's got a knee problem. He's slow. He's like, well, really? He's like, yeah, when I guard him, he couldn't score on me. Slow as hell. Yeah, it was I'm like, and then I'm like, well, I'm like, you know, he did drop 24 on you guys. Like, not when I was guarding him. It's like, all right, well, you know. I, yeah, you know. So, you know, so we're, we're <laughs> going to watch the tape and see if that's We are going to cut, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do some Big J journalism and investigate this. And we will get back to you on that. But he claims, hey, he's slow. I was guarding him. Couldn't score on me. Then he was also saying for the uh, Izzo thing, because he was the big moment where he was yelling at the freshmen for not yeah. hustling back on defense. And everyone's like, oh, how could Tom Izzo do that? Yeah. Uh, his thoughts on that, he's like, well, you know, he was just scared of us, which I believe. I'm yeah. like, well, did, did, did you hear any part of it? He's like, no, I couldn't really hear about it, but, like, it was because he didn't it, hustle back on it's defense. It's also, like, it's not unexpected, that. especially, like, when you're kind of, like, losing to a team you should be beating for a coach, like, especially, like, Tom Izzo to, be, right. to go off like that. So then all the last nug, little nugget I got out of there, Tom Izzo, he's going to the handshake lines, and you know how like the coaches talk to the other players. You might be wondering what they had to say, and what he had to say to Mr. Lundy was, you are one tough son of a bitch. And he's like, oh, that's pretty cool. Tom Izzo, he's Final Four coach, one of the yeah. best coaches. Apparently he said that to pretty much the entire Bradley team, which they are some tough son of a bitches because yeah. they, they played him tough. So, but there you go, a little inside so into the congrats, tournament. Yeah, congrats to our team. Uh, team that did advance, though. Oh, yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, so, as, as for the other, so Texas Tech won that game very well, and we'll get to them in the final. Uh, but as for the other game, Virginia, they beat uh, Auburn oh. to end their Cinderella run um, in a very uh, disputed fashion. And to be honest, both games were pretty disputed as we, we tweeted um, but Luke Van Lundy did enjoy my comment when I said Virginia is like a girl who's not very hot but she can cook it's one of the least sexy things in, in sports but you know what they get to the final somehow so uh, but yeah looking at their game so ended, for those of you who remember they ended on the, uh, the, the three point that was fouled I don't know about it, Joe. You almost got him in trouble there. He's like, dude, that guy, my girlfriend's here. Oh, yeah. His <laughs> girlfriend almost got him in trouble. Well, he laughed. So, and then his girlfriend was there. And then we're like, oh. Uh. <laughs> he whispered. He's like, bro, my girlfriend's here. I'm like, oh, Jesus, Marshall. We're going to get beat up at a T-Pain concert. But, yeah. We. And, you were about to get beat up. <laughs> hey. It was, that would have been a good story, though. Yeah, well. You know, if, if he beat me up at a T-Pain concert, like, that would be pretty funny. Anyways. That would be kind of funny. <laughs> Anyways. So, yeah. Three-point shot. Um, they got fouled. Well, the big controversy yeah, before that was the double, double dribble. Yes. Which was a double dribble, but I can see in actual time, it's tough. Ref doesn't Also, like, that. you're going to be like, oh, it's like clutch time, and like, instead of letting him get a shot up, you're going to be like, oh, he double dribbled. Well, here's how you have to realize. Basketball is one of these weird sports where if you watch in the first couple, the first quarter of a basketball game is co- officiated completely different than the last five yeah, minutes. Someone true. that has never watched basketball, you can come over from Somalia, watch your first game of basketball, 
You'd be like, oh, these are the rules. There's a foul, that's a foul. And then the last five minutes of the game, you can see the same thing, but worse. The guy's getting mugged under the basket. They're usually not going to yeah, call especially because they let got, him play. you got big-time players in, like, an NBA playoff game where they're, like, re- nearing their foul limit. Like, you're, you don't want them, like, you don't want, like, a LeBron or, like, a Russell Westbrook or, like, a Damian Lillard to, like, foul out with, like, ten minutes left in the game. Like, you just don't want that. So you're not going to call the same calls. So they didn't foul. They didn't call the double dribble, and then a couple seconds later, the situation. Auburn was up by two at this point, and then with basically as time expired, Virginia chucked up a corner three. It was really it was a low percentage shot. Yeah, exactly. It was the guy was jumped all over him, and Kyle Guy was a shooter, and he got fouled on it, and people yeah, were he, upset about that. But that one, we were watching that too in real yeah, because, time. We're like, that is clearly. Well, and a it was foul. also because we were at the concert, and so this was like. The concert was happening, so we didn't watch any of the game. And I got like a notification: "Oh, Virginia won by one." And then I got the another like a Bleacher Report something about like a game-ending call and how it was like controversial. Now they didn't talk about the double drill. I was like, "Oh, controversial!" Like, let's watch this video. We watched the video, and we're both like, "He fouled him." Yeah. Like, it was what like else a are you gonna do? Clear foul. And it was like, actually funny hear. because we had just been talking about the Golden State Timberwolves game, where like the game ended on game-winning free throws on a foul. And both instances, both the other team that did the foul were like dumbfounded. But in both instances, it was like, dude, like it's a foul. Like and you can't do that. You know, it's a shame with that controversial ending too, because Kyle Guy, who shot those free throws, those were some of the most clutch yeah. free throws in the history of the tournament, maybe even basketball. You look at George Hill in Game One of the Finals, and he choked it. He could yeah. not make the two to tie up the game or to win the game for him. This man. He had to make two of three to keep their season alive. Yeah. Not game one to keep the season alive. Especially after disaster make two of three. last year, yeah. And if you're in the gym, like, randomly, it's hard enough to make two or three free throws as it is. Like, you're not, like, you're just shooting randomly. Like, that's it's yeah. a lot harder. And then with all that pressure on you, you got seniors on the bench. If you miss these, this is their last basketball game they're ever going to play. Yeah. You got all these fans here. Your family's watching. Not only to make two out of three, to make all three of the three, to avoid sending it to overtime, yeah. too. Like, you props to that, that guy insane. for some clutch free throw shooting. And that's a shame that's going to be forgotten because it's going to be everyone complaining about the refs. I mean, we even tweeted about it. That was yeah. the first thing we were saying. Like, oh, the refs, the refs blew it. But on to the championship game, though. So Texas yeah. Tech handled Michigan State very well. And I thought Michigan State was the best team in the tournament. And then Virginia was number one seed. They beat Auburn, who was the hottest team, I think, in the tournament at the yes, time. So those yes. are two quality wins. Can't have look. And what, what what was your first thing we heard about that tournament? What was your you, you had a funny quote? What you thought the two teams were like, or was that the the Texas Tech? Both yeah. Texas well, you were I, you were saying how like you know, like oh this matchup is going to stand. Yeah, yeah. No, I, oh, I was like, matchup. There's yeah, too many is, white guys. Yeah, there's too many white guys. This will be the first championship game where neither team scores more than forty points because they just play defense. Like no one cares. Like it's just defense. The defensive thing. You're right. I don't know about all the white guys, because Virginia actually has three black starters. So, <laughs> you know, we might go on. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I like their brand of basketball. It's bringing cultures together. All right? <laughs> if you don't like that, then, you know, I, I you're too far gone. <laughs> anyway, phenomenal championship game. It went to overtime. It was a very it was a good ending. It started off, though, like you, you were right. The basketball, while it was a great game, the brand of basketball itself yeah. was not... Great. Yeah. The first like, half of the first, the for the first half of the game, the first like five yes, five minutes, um, Texas Tech didn't make a shot. All their points were off of free throws. I remember. I remember. I walked in because you guys were watching yeah. it, and I was outside. And I walk in. I was like, "Oh, what's the score?" You're like nine to 
nine to three or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's probably like this is probably the first commercial break that's happened. I was like, how far is it? And you were like halfway through. I was like the halfway first, yeah, through, the first and there's only been twelve points scored. I was yeah. like, are you kidding me? This, yeah, I think my quote was a bunch of white guys playing defense was my quote about this final game that I predicted. Well, the two the takeaways I had, I had a couple takeaways, and we can get to yours in a second. The the first of the three was. Uh, Culver for Texas Tech, who's supposed to be a lottery pick. Yeah. He really did not, like, he kind of shrank in the moment there. Yeah. He had the shot blocked on the corner three. Now, mind you, it was a tough shot. Yeah. And I think that's more on the coaches. That's the best you can draw up. They had all yes. the tanks. You're, you're going to draw up a corner three like that. Like, they could have gotten a better shot. But he missed that. He only had 15 points. He was 5 for 22 shooting. Yeah. So that's not that's not great. That kind of doomed Texas Tech. But uh, th- these teams are very evenly matched because they're both defensive-oriented. We knew it was going to be a low-scoring game to start off with. Um, and the third, and most importantly, besides the two defense and couple had a bad game, this shows that like seniority and experience are huge in these tournaments. Because most of the big big guys like Jerome and Guy are both juniors for Virginia. They're two big players. Yep. D. Kite is another one. Uh, he's a sophomore, so he's been there a year. The fact that they, they got knocked out last year in the first round to UMBC, yeah. they have that experience, they felt that heartbreaks like before, I think it really helped them grow as a team. It was what they needed to really push through to get to the top uh, this season. Because you look at these one-and-done teams, Duke was the most talented team yes. in here by far. Yeah. But you got injuries to Zion halfway through the year, so not playing together the full season. It takes a while to develop this chemistry on offense. Who's getting the touches? Who's going to do what? And there's all these one-and-done games. You haven't been there before. Experience is huge in these things. That's why the Kentuckys and Dukes, like, you get the best players, but, like, I don't know if that's a winning formula. You, you need guys to, like, more yeah. your seniors. That That's true. And then that, that's kind of what my point was. First, my point, and you kind of addressed it a little bit, is I can't tell you how many times, because, like, a lot of the games in this uh, tournament, they, there are a lot of like down to the wire finishes. And I if I had a dollar for any time that like there was a timeout and they're down by one two or a tie game and then the play that is ran is like a horribly rushed three point shot. I'd have enough money to actually pay the players what they deserve. Anyways, but yeah, no. I mean, I remember in the the Virginia Tech um Duke game where there was like the tip in that mm-hmm. didn't go. Um the whole reason there was an inbound is because Virginia Tech down one down just one point, like you don't need a three. You can, any shot will yeah. work, and they just do like a pick and roll, catch and shoot, like from a foot away from the line, and it airballed and it went out of bounds, but went off a Duke player. I was like, are you kidding me? Like that's the best you could do. You don't want to get like a good player in the paint that just gets through like a little jumper, like a fadeaway, or like bring it to the tin or something like that. Um, and then yeah, like I think this is why like college basketball, it's just so hard. Um, because obviously, like we've talked about before, like the regular season doesn't matter like one single bit. As long as you just have to win a certain amount of games, you're good to go. But I think it's just hard for me as a fan. I know a lot of fans might have similar um, uh, similar issue. Is that like it's so hard to enjoy college basketball because I feel like it's like so it's such a rotation of players. Exactly. You know? Like how many like, guys did you could you name on that starting yeah. rotation for Texas Tech? And there's no there's no storylines. Like it's just like it's literally just the names. Like, the names. Like, because, like, I'm sure, like, the storyline of how this Texas Tech team came together is, like, cool or whatever. But it's Texas Tech. Like, that's not a very traditional, like, basketball school. Like, when you think basketball, you think, like, Duke, North Carolina, you know, like, Michigan State. Like, those type of teams. You don't think of these teams. And so, like, when Armored gets it, like, Armored's cool, but, like, uh, besides the guy getting injured, like, I don't know anyone on the team. Like, you don't know anyone on the team. And it's, like, Auburn's not a traditionally, like, basketball school, so it's just hard to, like... 
care about it. A lot of it is all these guys declare for the draft. If you have them coming back for four years, yeah. you see him seeing this team. Like, if you have, like, Zion for another four years. Yeah, then, like, that'd be you, pretty that's cool. That's how you can build stars in college basketball. But yeah. like you said, there's so much turnover. It's hard to get name recognition or build the brand. And obviously, I don't blame these guys for going one Yeah, no. Because, like, you I mean, it's just the, how the system about. is. You but, know, yeah. like, you want to get paid. And I do think now that they're reverting back to the high school thing, that'll be good for both parties involved you don't have to wait yeah. if, if they do i think they said they're gonna do i don't know but like if you go if you can come out out of high school because it's not like football where it's like a physically like an 18 year old can still dominate you yeah like luka Doncic, she's only 19 he's gonna be rookie of the year this year yeah um so i think if you do that they'll have more incentive for people to stay four years the players that don't they're gonna do this one and done stuff they'll just go straight out of high school i think that'd be better for them. yeah one last thing I wanted to address really quickly, and this is kind of going off with the one and done, because I think Coach K and John Calipari are phenomenal coaches. But, like, the experience, like I said, it helps. But you you addressed this earlier in the tournament. I don't know if you said it on air or not, where, like, Coach K really had a bad coaching job yeah. with Zion and with his stack team because he had the best team in the country. Yeah. And I kind of brushed it off at the time. But the more I think about it, like, you were absolutely right. Yeah. Coach K deserves a little bit of criticism it's for true. how he coached that team. There was way too many stretches where Zion didn't have the ball in his hand. There was times in crunch time where he could have just been camped under the paint where he's bigger than everyone and yeah. just post up, give it to Zion. He's bigger, stronger, and faster than everyone where he can take it to the rack. Why is he shooting all these perimeter threes? Yeah. Like, you got to get – they, they should have had it in his hand more. I, I actually, looking back on it and watching some of the tape, like, I agree with you. The, he, he deserves a little bit of criticism yeah. for that. And especially because, like, we, we talk about – this will be my last point, but, like, we talk about, like, you know, like, the chemistry and stuff like that. But there gets to a point, and we see this Alabama football. Like, there gets to a point where if your players are bigger, faster, stronger, like, it, you kind of can just throw – coaching technique out the window especially in basketball where it's five on five you have just dudes who are bigger like zion who's the epitome of just like he's just so much more athletic he's just so much better than like all these other guys like how can you not win with that you know and especially the fact that they weren't like blowing out ucf and virginia tech yeah. like the fact and i understand like a well, win a win's a win no. so i won't i'm not going to give him crap for that but like man like i feel like they should have they should have over they, they definitely underperformed, I guess is the point. Oh, yeah. The UCF, though, they did have a former Duke coach, and you got Taco Fall who's seven feet tall, and they yeah. do have some kids that can yeah. play. But I, I, I agree. They should have they, they should have won this year. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of excuses. We'll move on. NBA Weekly. We'll get to the playoffs later. But quick, Dirk Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, and Wayne, Dwayne Wade retiring. That was a pretty cool moment. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Dwayne uh, Wade, triple-double in his last game. Yeah, Dirk, and Dirk had 20. Dirk so there you go. Did two incredible things. Dwayne Wade, that was his fifth career triple-double. Yeah. Only, he's only had five for that career. Now, mind you, he's one of, he put in one of the best final performances oh, yeah, of all definitely. time. Not diminishing the man's That's career. just kind of weird. Just, this is crazy. Yeah. That he's only had five. And then Dirk, on the other hand, the fact that he's played 20 seasons with yeah. one team is incredible. Yeah. So props to him. He's probably props one of the best two. European players to ever play in the NBA, yeah. at least from Germany. It's like... That's crazy. And he revolutionized. He's the closest player to Kevin Durant, I think we've ever like. It's seen true. As far as like guys it's that true. can shoot, and stuff. He, re- he revolutionized true. the game. It's just, um, so props to those two. You're gonna get into that later. The other big news, probably the biggest news that almost overshadowed it. Magic Johnson resigned as the Lakers president. Yeah. So I'll get you. I got a lot of things. On this this is how I'm gonna break up with my future girlfriend if it happens because <laughs> I'm not gonna tell her, but I'm just gonna tell all of her friends. And all of my friends that I, I'm, I'm so, this is a shocking, but I'm just done. It's and then Lakers, she'll just figure it out later. Because that, that's what he did. Yeah. In the press conference, the Lakers PR guy standing there, because they had no idea this was going on. He literally did it at the press conference before the final game of the year. 
And the PR guy is like not shaking his head, like no, no, knock it off. Yeah, and he just kept talking. Like, yeah, Yo, dude, dude, and he was like, I can't bear tell uh, Jeannie Buss. She's like, he's like, she was like, I, I love her. Uh, she'll talk me back into it. Yeah, and she, he's like, I love her, her like a sister or whatever, and like I, I can't break her heart. I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? You're quitting right now, and this is like, that's huge news. Like you can't just drop that like randomly, but. Two things like this goes to the dysfunction. This has been, this has been crazy. We talk about the bull. We make fun of the bulls a lot for all yeah. the dysfunction with Gar Packs there. But this is like a whole nother level. Your president's quitting without telling anyone. Yeah. There's the the coach is gonna get fired. He eventually did. Luke Walton finally he did end up getting fired yeah. and then hired by the Kings. But there's turmoil that, that. Yeah. Um, LeBron the fiasco there. There's fighting in. Rob Polinka is arguing trade people. Deadline. Well, Magic was not cut out to be a president because Magic's used to jobs like he has with the Dodgers, where he can just show up and be Magic. But being a president for basketball, it's not a glamorous job. You got to be putting in almost eighteen hours a day. You got to be in these collegiate gyms scouting people. You got to be overseas in Turkey where you don't want to be yeah. watching these guys play. There's a lot of work that goes into it. And I heard there he wasn't <coughs> even at the Final Four like scouting people. Like, yeah, you know, he he didn't put enough work into this job, and I think it kind of showed. Like Rob Polinka was always joking around, like, "Oh, where's Magic?" And he knew like Magic wasn't there, but he was letting people know that Magic wasn't there. Yeah. So there's a lot of infighting there, and then the big thing out of this, not only did he not tell Jeannie Buzz, which is very unprofessional, yeah. but the fact that LeBron during all this turmoil, and I defend LeBron, but he wasn't even at his like exit interview afterwards. You, the ship's going down, and he's off at Dwayne Wade's last game. Yeah. Like, Dwayne Wade's a professional. He would have understood if you weren't there because the whole banana boat gang had to get reunited. But you got to get there. You can't let. You can't have Kyle Kuzma answering the questions for you when you should have been there. You're supposed to be the leader of this team. And it was embarrassing, quite frankly. And you wonder why you can't get anyone for a stupid Space Jam 2 movie. <laughs> it's for crap like this. They don't want to play second fiddle to them. Because they either get blamed for everything like Kevin Love did, or you're going to be Kyle Kuzma having to answer all the questions when the ship's going down, and you're off partying with Dwayne Wade. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah. But it, that'll be, I mean, I know for future podcasts, seeing what happens with the, the Lakers uh, in the offseason, that'll definitely be an interesting storyline. Well, as far as getting a, yeah, not even, they gotta, you got to get a new president. Which they better get that right too. Yes, they need because they need they need some sort of because like LeBron, we always like oh he's like the coach or whatever, like the player coach. So we have like the memes with Tyron Lue is like sitting in the background. But like you have to have like some sort of like established legitimate leadership that's not named LeBron. Well, it's a fork in the road moment. You either turn all the keys over to LeBron and be like, hey, you can pick your coach, your team. And I do think he's gonna come back next year and have a good year because he's been getting bashed all year long and it's like. Taking a lot of criticism and flack, so I do think he's going to come back stronger. The movie will be over when it's shot. So I do think <laughs> he'll have a good year next year. But if you think you're going to get like some of these big time free agents, like Kemba Walker is not going to solve your problems. <laughs> a Jimmy Butler, if you get him, is not going to solve your problems. Kawhi Leonard, I got news for it, he's not going there. Yeah, it's they're they're in trouble. Yeah, we'll definitely be talking about it later. Um, Soccer Weekly, I just got some Champions League updates. Uh, it's just the first leg. Because so it all can change, and I think three out of the four games potentially could change. Tottenham beat City totally against the run of play. City was dominating the whole game. Tottenham scores a quick goal. Young Ming Sun with a one goal in that game to win it for Tottenham. Um, that honestly, I can see City coming out like four two or something like that. Like they can just go off at any point in time. Lineup was really weird. Um, 
so yeah, that that'll be. Uh, we'll definitely be talking about that one later. Liverpool Porto. Liverpool won two nothing because who who the heck cares about Porto? They stink. Uh, Ajax one one Juventus. That was big time. That was really shocking for me. Um, David Neres, uh, the Brazilian wonder kid, had a fa- phenomenal solo goal. Um, but like, kind of like the City one. Like I can see this finishing like four two or like five to one or something like that. Juventus, like they could turn on any point. Ronaldo, Ronaldo already scored a fantastic uh, bullet header. Could happen again. Uh, and then United, United, they just held Barcelona one goal that finished one nothing for Barcelona's favor. But going back to Barcelona for the second leg, I can definitely see this ending with a five-goal margin between them. I really don't see United scoring a goal um, away from home, and I can see Barcelona absolutely running rampant on a not-great defense. And then uh, EPL, Liverpool is still in first, City's in second by two points. NHL. Mitch. Basically, my summary is, if you listen to the hockey edition for it, and you should, it is a very well-known yeah, podcast. Yeah, it was good. Really not to yeah. pat myself on the back, but it was pretty good. But my picks have been a horrible Horrible. Yeah. After that podcast airs, every team that I picked in the first round lost their next game, I believe, except for the Capitals, who are up 2-0. The Penguins, <laughs> who I had going to the Stanley Cup, and I still stood by it because, yes. like, I think the first two games, you know, they were close. But today, they got run out of the arena. At home, they lost 4-1. to It was embarrassing. Embarrassing effort. The uh, Stars lost their next one. Those catfish chuckers down in <laughs> Nashville, Nashville <laughs> which is a shame, but a good team. The, yeah, uh, the Blues lost. Uh, yeah, the Avs won the Woo! last one. Hop it on the bandwagon. Actually, the Blues do. Basically, the majority of my picks all lost, but um, you know, there's got, they got some more games coming tonight. They've been some exciting. Yeah, ones some too. fun hockey. Some fun hockey. It's about it, this is this is the best playoffs I think out of any playoff thing. Besides MLB. That, I don't know, because it's harder to win the Stanley Cup than win the <laughs> World Series. Because the first round is only best of five. That's and it's true. a harder sport. Like, you're on ice, for one, and playing. It's like two sports in once. The amount of beating you have to take. And the regular season, you take enough beating. The playoffs is like ramped up intensity. Joe Pavelski is another one. He took a puck to the mouth and scored a goal or banked off his mouth. He lost a bunch of teeth, and he was in there two periods later. You think in the NBA, like Paul George, oh, his arm hurts. LeBron had cramps. He had to leave a final game. Like, hockey yeah. players are tougher than all of them. The sport is very exciting. We've gotten some thrilling games. The series are phenomenal. You have to win four series to and go through this beating. It's the best playoffs in yeah. all sports. And it's so hard to pick. It's got all the unpredictableness yeah. of March Madness. Uh, that's all we got for NHL. Definitely, um, but yeah. Listen to the hockey the hockey podcast that we did recently. Shout out to Matt Harrington and Logan Wheaton for hopping on that one. That was really great to see some new fa- or yeah. here's some new voices. We try to get more guests in. Um, but yeah, listen to that one. And then of course, once it's crunch time, semifinals, yeah. something like that, we'll talk about it. As far as yeah, as far yeah. as scores went, exciting. Bruins won game two, four to one. Flames lost the Avalanche in OVT. Uh, Nathan McKinnon scored. Your Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, go Avs, baby. They won three to two, and then the Islanders today won four to one. So those the up- oh, Predators won two to one. So those are your updated scores. Yeah. Uh, as far as that goes, moving on. Moving on to our hot knots. We definitely need some Ted Wick heating, um, as it's like let's see, thirty six degrees outside, uh, and yeah, but it's very cold. But I'll let I'll start. I want Mitch start with his hot. Well, my hot, and this man really inspired me this weekend and for club baseball. I was in a little bit of a hitting slump. 
I couldn't hit water if I fell out of boat. I looked like I was swinging a wet sporting news up there. <laughs> Chris Davis, who was 0 for 53, and we gave him some crap on this podcast. 0 for 35? It was 0 for 53. It was 53? Yeah, because it was oh dating Lord. back to last year. This no, year he started 0 for That's 3, right, that's right. But he hadn't gotten a hit since last September. Fun fact, it was against the White Sox. But it's James Shields. He's not on our team anymore. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he finally broke it with three hits against the Boston Red Sox. boy. And I saw that. And you know what? Good for Chris Davis. If you're a baseball fan, you should be happy for him. And I get all these people like, oh, he's getting paid all this money. He should, he should be getting hits. You know, that weighs on anyone. I bet there's a lot of sleepless nights in there. When you're on a, hit, a hitting slump like that, it weighs on you. Yeah. The fact that he was able to bust out of it and get three hits, well, it inspired me this weekend. And I busted out of my slump, RBI single, yeah. two runs scored. And I stole a base, all because of Chris Davis. And a boy, Chris. And a boy, Chris. You're an inspiration to us all. And now I know you, you all probably think that we joke too much on this podcast, but this is true. I'm just gonna read. I'm just gonna read a headline for my hot. Kristen Cavallari, who, if you don't know, is Jay Culler's wife, says Jay Culler unclogged her milk ducts by, and I quote, sucking harder than he's ever sucked. Clearly, she's never watched the 2010 NFC Championship game um, or his entire career, I guess. I can think of the five picks against the 49ers. He got sacked like 37 times against the Giants that one Sunday night. Um, that's that's that. I'm just going to leave it at that. As for my not hot, Marcelo Zuna, who did hit two home runs today. So, you know, I guess I can't. Uh, that's a rough adjustment there. He sucked harder than he's ever sucked before. <laughs> Marcelo Zuna. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, Interesting but uh, you know what? I just, we'll I just, fig- I just figured we don't really need to get in depth. We don't. Yeah, you guys is. know, you guys know what it means. Yeah, I just want to make fun of Jay Cutler. Anyways, Marcelo Zuna, um, he he had an interesting play. I believe. Oh, I forget who it was against. Maybe the Pirates. Or no, it was against the Dodgers. The St. Louis Cardinals were playing the Dodgers, and there was a hard hit ball. They're up. The Cardinals are up four nothing. Uh, I forget. I might have been Cody, Cody Bellinger. I don't really remember. I don't really. I wasn't paying too close attention, but I did was paying attention to watch Marcelo Zuna jump on the wall to rob this home run, and then realizes the ball is not even going remotely close to going out of play, and so he dives like he's literally hanging onto the wall, Spider-Man style. It looks like a Charlie Brown episode yeah. where like the outfield is sitting on the wall because they knew Charlie Brown's going to give up the home run. Like, that's what it looked like. He was sitting yeah. down there with his glove up waiting for it. Yeah, and then he jumps off and does like a face plant on the warning track as the ball lands like maybe a foot into the warning track. It lands there, pops up for a ground rule double. He got injured on the play. You guys should look it up because it's really funny. It's like I, I watched it uh, uh, synced up to the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme song and it fit perfectly because it was like, what what in the world is he doing? My not. Now, mind you, I just had this rant about Tiger winning. You should never say someone's too old. Golf's about up and downs. Don't ever say they won't win again. Tiger's yeah. inspiration. But my not is one Twitter user... <coughs> Saying, glory to God, Tiger won. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think God cares who wins the Masters. And if he did, <laughs> as much as I said you should overlook, Tiger's made some mistakes, you should overlook him. And I stand by that. But Tiger is not, like, the one that Ti- God is going to pick to win the Masters, if he would. Yeah, I, I think... I mean, the, the cheating on your wife and the DUI, I believe that's against one of the Ten Commandments. Yeah, Not the probably. DUI, I don't think there was cars back then, <laughs> I'm assuming. I think God roots for Jordan Spieth. I he choose. probably would. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah. He's probably a I don't think he roots for anyone. Except for Notre Dame. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> except for Notre Dame football, God doesn't care who wins your sport. Yeah, exactly. Okay? 
Mitch, so, ha- Mitch has a stand-up routine on that. Actually. Yes, you should listen to it, or I, don't. You, you probably I, I don't, how how would you how would they listen to your stand-up? Oh, that's true. Well, next time I'm doing stand-up, come to come to the Laugh Box down in Peoria on a Wednesday night. <laughs> I'm gonna I might be open mic. Yeah, there you go. Uh, as for the hot takes, we'll do a quick speed round of the latest basketball scores because we talk a lot about NBA. Um, first off, first game. Hot Mar- take. All these are irrelevant because the Warriors are going to win anyway. I yeah. don't know why we're wasting time here. Hey, but there might be some like... Kevin Durant got ejected Clippers and they still fans. handed their business very easily. So <laughs> it's not a waste of time we'll, here. We'll, we'll, still, we'll still run through it though. So the Nets beat the 76ers 111-102. Which is actually a pretty good game. Uh, D'Angelo Russell uh, had a pretty good game. I think he had 26 points. Yeah, 26 points. Um, so that was pretty good. And then the big yeah, the big thing was uh, Joel Embiid was seen on the bench with a phone. There was a bench player, and you kind of pulled out a phone and kind of looked at it like when you're in when you're in a sophomore year, uh, like college algebra, and like you want to check uh, who's just Snapchatted you, and you kind of pull it out like right next to your waist so like the teacher can't see it because it's underneath the desk still. He pulled out that exact move, and it was, it was. Marshall is a veteran at this move, so yeah. he would know when he sees it. He <laughs> pointed it out right away. Yeah, exactly. And, and don't worry, he was checking his burner account for to defend himself on Twitter. Um, that's all he was doing. But yeah, I'll let you. What's your, what's your two cents on my, that? My my two cents is how did he sneak a phone out of the court to begin with? Because those basketball shorts they don't have pockets. How's he yeah. getting the phone out there? I don't exactly. think the warm up pants do either. No, he like hit don't. it in his jock strap or something, <laughs> which <laughs> I don't think they would like. So like. Yeah, that's I, my first question. <laughs> Everyone's making a big deal about this. I mean, yeah, it it, it was like, like, oh, this is so unprofessional, and like, I, I was like, I, I don't know. I understand if you're like a Sixers fan, you're like, oh my goodness, like he doesn't even want to be on the court to begin with because he's always like quote unquote injured, but now he's on a phone. I was like, who, who cares, man? It is a big. It's a bad optic. Yeah, it is. And another hot take here: that whole process thing. It's been a bust. You, yeah. you look at this, trust the process. They got two guys that can play out of it. Simmons and Embiid. Simmons can't shoot, though. Yes. He refused to develop a jump shot over the offseason when people knew he couldn't shoot. So it's yeah. basically useless in crunch time when you need a big shot. Instead of spending time with your Australian girlfriend or, or what, the, what the fuck. It's the it? Kardashian. Yeah, yeah. All right. Instead of spending time with Kardashian, why don't you develop a jumper there? Yeah. And there's Embiid, who's injured half the time. Doesn't want to be on the he court. He needed to bring in uh, Butler, who is not part of the rebound, rebuild. They had a bunch of botched draft picks, like Jahil Okafor or whatever. Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz. He had to dump bust. off the team. The process does not work. All these teams trying to rebuild in the NBA, it's tough. Yeah. Just they hardly to... ever work. Yeah, I mean, the, the Nets are a good example of it actually working is they kind of just, they got some role players traded for D'Angelo Russell, took but, a like, chance on him. But I don't even him. know if that really worked because, like, they traded for their guys. Yeah, that's true, actually. They got, like, they drafting yeah, like, guys. That, that is that, that's a fair point. Unless you have a first two picks, you're not getting some game-changing player. Like, yeah. I got news for Bulls fans. At the fourth-round pick, you're not going to get a game-changer unless yeah. you're lucky. Sometimes there's outliers like Stephen Curry. Yeah. But yeah. usually you're not going to get a game-changing player. Yeah, honestly, I kind of hope the 76ers lose. Not because, like, I don't really have much against them, um, but I kind of want to see D'Lo go off. I do, too. Um, next one, Magic surprisingly beat the Raptors 104-101, and like, okay, first of all, you can't name anyone on the Magic, neither can I, because who cares? Aaron Gordon. Yeah, well, don't I got one. Don't, I know, I know Valentine Aaron Gordon is. hit the game-winning shot. Valentine? It wasn't Valentine. Yeah, it was. It wasn't? Yeah. I don't know about that one. I think it was. Also, the Cubs have just been snowed out, in case anyone's wondering. Uh, Winter the Ma- is coming. 
Yeah, the magic, but the magic. Okay, but here, here's a big deal. Kyle Lowry, how, how many points did he have, Mitch? Zero. Zero. Zero points. That is absolutely unacceptable. If I'm a Raptors fan or just an NBA fan in general, like you can't, you can't have zero points in a playoff game. This man is the worst NBA player in the playoffs. Like I understand, he's a superstar in the regular season, but like honestly, honestly speaking. At this point, I'll take I'll take Richard Jefferson. I'll take J.R. Smith. They'll put up six points, but at least I'm not expecting them to be good. Like you have a guy, some scrub can come off the bench. I'll have Kyle Korver sitting in a lawn chair in the okay, three-point corner. Okay, who's the face of the franchise? Who, who's the best player on that team? Though? Kawhi Leonard. Okay, so why are we putting any blame on him? You just lost to the Magic at home, a team that you just said most people can't name a starter on there. We're not giving Kawhi Leonard any flack for this. He's still dry. We're not giving any other role players. Like he, he played okay, but if you only lose by three, and Kyle Lowry goes 0 for 7 from 0 for 6 for a three point. That is like, are you kidding me? You I mean, hit yes, a shot. It's bad. You can't hit a shot. Ben Simmons had a zero Give point Tristan game. Give me Thompson. Ben Simmons had a zero point game last year, and they still won that series. Still though, it's not a big deal. It is the Raptors a big deal. always underperform. It's only game one. You're playing the Magic. He stinks. You can't be given, but, but he's getting too much flack for this. It was 0 for seven. It's not like he was like 0 for fifteen. Still, I would give 0 for six for three. Come on, he that's had, pitiful. He had seven. You or can't. Assist. You can't. You can't drive the basket and get fouled. He had seven assists and eight rebounds. He was contributing. And don't say he doesn't oh, care because an hour after that game, when the stadium was empty, he was out there practicing his jump shot. Can he make, can he make one? Can he make one? Probably not. It's actually funny. The first shot on that when the guy was videoing, he bricked. Yeah, it's kind of funny. But you know he what? Stinks. Don't say he doesn't care. He stinks. I didn't say he, he doesn't did, care. He, does, he probably he, cares. I hope he, he cares. He could have put he a had point a bad on the board. Game. He had a horrible game. Yeah, yeah but he's nothing new. Blowing this out of proportion. He always, he always puts up like five Round points. one against the Magic. Yeah, it's not a finals game because Kyle Lowry's playing in it and he stinks. We all know the Warriors gonna win. This is irrelevant. Speaking of the Warriors, they beat the Clippers. Beverly got ejected. So did Durant. The Warriors still rolled them. Yeah. Next. Uh, the Spurs beat the Nuggets. Nuggets made it close. Seven, Both are irrelevant. Going to lose to the Warriors. Lamarcus Next. Aldridge is ugly. Uh, the Thunder lost to the Blazers by five. Yeah. Paul Maybe George says he's hurt. Says I he's said hurt. before this series, off off air, you, you won't believe me. Marshall heard this. I yeah, said he did, that they were going to beat him. And I, I, I said well, okay. they were going to beat him. Say, saying the Blazers are going to beat him is really And Damian Lillard... Is better than Russell Westbrook. Uh, I, I do think that. that I don't know about that one for sure. I don't know about that one. Exactly. I mean, they're the three for six seed though. So like, I wouldn't like. It's not like a hot take if they win. It is what it is. It's not a hot take. It's just an informed take. They're gonna win. They're a better team. Westbrook. Yeah. See, we have Westbrook's problem, and he did this when Kevin Durant was here too. He takes too many shots. Paul George is your best player. He should to be, be taking the bulk of the shots. To be there shots. though. To be fair for shoot. this game though, like Paul George said, and it, after the game that he had. He did not take a shot, like a single shot, since um, the last game he played in. Like practice, game, whatever. Like because was Westbrook was hogging the ball in all of them, so he couldn't get one up. Exactly my <laughs> point, Marshall. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Although that will be, I think, honestly, that will be one of the most entertaining. This will be, that will be the most entertaining It should be series. a good series. Yes. Um, 
The Celtics and Pacers did their best. Virginia Tech versus Texas Tech. In, or not, no, just Virginia versus Texas Tech. Impression as the Celtics put up. They won 15 to 12. I'm just kidding. It was 84 74. But Which it really was not that close because with three minutes left, it was like 62 to like 80 yeah. like something. It yeah. really was not that close of a game. Pacers don't have Depots so are not worth watching, and they weren't no. really worth watching to begin with. No. And the Bucks were beating the Pistons at halftime 70 to 43. Wake me up when the Warriors win it all. All right, we'll just do a rapid fire. Who's winning each series? 76ers, Nets. Nets. Uh, 76ers. Magic Raptors, Raptors. Raptors. Warriors. Warriors. beating Clippers. Uh, flip me a coin. I'll, I'll take the Nuggets because I'm like Colorado. I'll also take the Nuggets. They're, they're all right. Although, you see, uh, Michael Beasley got yammed on last night. That was a bad look. Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, Trailblazers are going to beat the Thunder. Go Thunder, baby. Celtics are going to beat the Pacers. Pacers yep. If you don't think so, you're an idiot. Boston. The Bustons. The Bucks will beat the Pistons. Yeah, that's no surprise. Oh, and then the last one, they are playing tonight on the Sunday night. Uh, Rockets-Jazz. That'll be interesting. I'll go Rockets, but the Jazz could barely easily win this one. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't think did. it's that big of an upset if they did. I, mean, like, I would not be shocked. They're, they're, very, uh, they're, they're like a very complete, solid team. They are very good. Yeah, so I can definitely see that happening, too. Well, it's time for the best for last. Um, yes, the best for last. And you know what? It probably won't be as crude as the opening rant. So yeah, you're I'll try. I'll try not to say Swedish whores too many times. I said Scandinavian. Or yeah, same thing. <laughs> uh, speaking of last, Swedish. <laughs> speaking of last and best, d- we've said it before, but Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki retired, and I just want to go a little bit more in depth on these two players. Dirk Nowitzki, first of all, we said it. He revolu- revolutionized the game. Just some quick numbers for you that I thought were super interesting. So he made his NBA debut in 1998, which when you think about it, like 1998, oh my lord, that's a long time ago. One of the last players to play in the 90s, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, although I believe... Um, Vince Carter. Yeah, Vince Carter, once he retires, uh, there will be no more players that have been drafted um, prior to 2000 playing the NBA. But before he was... So he, hopefully you follow this. Before... Dirk Nowitzki made his debut. A total of 40 different 7-foot players had hit a 3-point. Just 40. The combined total for those 3-point uh, shots was 507. So when you think about it, like in this grand scheme of the NBA, how long it's been around, and how many 7-footers there have been, only 573-point shots have been, uh, have been made. Dirk Nowitzki in his career made 1,982 3-point shots in his career. So he totally eclipsed that number. And since he started, 81 other 7-footers made a 3-pointer, and they hit 7,253. So from before, from the all-NBA history, from the beginning till 1998, it was 507. Dirk comes in, and all of a sudden it goes to 7,253. I mean, Dirk Nowitzki is the definition of, like, he revolutionized the game. And it's crazy to see that, because we wouldn't really have, like, like, this, the line between big man and shooter was kind of blended once Dirk Nowitzki came in. I mean, you saw even in his last game, he's still sitting these hitting these fadeaway jumpers that are impossible to block. You can get up right in his face, but his arms are too long, and he just shoots right over you. And it's money. So he changed the game, and like you said, 20 years in one team, that's insane. Especially in today's league, where, like, you can kind of just go on a whim and kind of build these quote-unquote super teams like Dwayne Wade did. Dwayne Wade... Another example of someone I didn't rev- technically revel- he didn't really like change the game much, but a top three point shooting guard in his career, I believe. I think so. In all time, um, mind you, there's not a whole lot of shooting guards. Yeah, but like I, he is top three. But yeah, like, the list of shooting true shooting guards is that's like, true. I was I was, saying, yeah, yeah, I guess true shooting guard is kind of to his credit. 
and I'll stop. I won't rant. Yeah. He always played bigger than he actually was. It's true. He played like a big man. Yeah. And the 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 highlights of him and LeBron playing together, where they had all those alley oops, like that looked so much fun. And just watching his career highlights, like some of the stuff that he did back in the day, is fantastic. But I think the main point for for this argument is we saw later that Paul Pierce went on NBA talk show or whatever and he said and he was kind of like it, it was clearly he was salty because Dwayne Wade got his getting this like final farewell tour and Paul Pierce in his last game had zero points for the Clippers like because no one cared about him but he's saying oh are you kidding me like I had a better career than Dwayne Wade and the whole the basketball community was collectively brought together to say hey Dwayne or Paul Pierce like shut up we all hate you and it's true because and whether whether you like Paul Pierce or not that's a, a different point but for Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade I mean when you think of just NBA players and like players in general that you can't hate these two guys probably top the list they're top five in general sports I mean in, in just for basketball yeah like Tim Duncan Derrick Rose who we all kind of you know gloss over that whole rape allegation when we talk about Derrick Rose because he dropped 50 points for the T-Wolves uh, and that yeah. one I will not defend for all you people like oh I'm actually going to defend him <laughs> that was not a temptation they mentioned a scumbag move yeah it's true but, uh, but like Derrick Rose Nate Robinson and I guess kind of Kobe if you want to call him like a chuck or whatever although he kind of he had a similar instance in a specific Colorado yes. hotel room that we're not going to talk about. But when you talk, I mean, there are so many athletes, like, and of course, you got, like, the Jackie Robinsons, like, okay, you can't hate that guy because, you know, of his story. But, like, when it comes to athletes, you, you can't hate, like, Dirk and Wade, like, they exemplify just being, like, positive players. Like, we, so we saw, we both, Mitch and I both watched this commercial for Dwayne Wade where he did, like, all these philanth- philanthropic events uh in his life and it like came back and they did like a quote-unquote jersey swap uh towards the end with like a parkland shooter victim um and his mom and like a, a woman whose house burned down and you talk about dirk like and all these nba stadiums were like erupting when dirk would pl- would make a jumper like that's how much people love dirk Nowitzki. i mean his last game was in san antonio and they were absolutely ecstatic they played him this fantastic video and i mean there's not much of a, a rant or a hot take in this um, this closing uh, closing whatever, but just hat off, hats off to an incredible career for two of the most fantastic players that we've seen in the NBA. Um, it was truly an enjoyable thing to watch these guys play basketball, and that will close out our show. So thank you for listening. Uh, thanks for listening. I believe this is episode 26. Go back to the White Sox, Cubs, or NHL podcast that we did. Um, still a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, we didn't talk about MLB, but you can get your fix there. Go Cubs. I guess we should say go White Sox. Go White Sox to beat the Yankees. First time since Robin Ventura played on the Yankees that the White Sox have beat the Yankees two years in a row in New York in the series. So there you go. That, that's your fun fact for the day. Yes. Uh, we will see you guys next weekend with the next podcast. Have a good one. Thanks for listening.